reborn out of disaster, four survivors rose again to form a legion of the world's strangest heroes. Da-da-da-doom Patrol! Welcome once again to the Doom Patrol Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Coles, and with me as always is Murray Fox, and we are looking at Doom Patrol number 35 from August 1990. 1990. 1990. Uh-huh. I, that was 20 years ago. I know. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Brain and stupid math. That's right. right. That's okay. We were five or something. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> we were very advanced five-year-olds. Yeah, we shouldn't have been reading this at five. I have to say, Murray, I think that <laughs> explain a lot of things. Totally. Where were our parents? <laughs> <laughs> Drinking mine, anyway. I don't know what the There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> we've got the uh, usual Simon Bisley cover. Yes. This time it's a horrifying man from nowhere. Ugh, that's what that is. That's what that's supposed to be. Gotcha. <laughs> it's uh, obviously grotesquerized as, as is Beisley's uh, style, <laughs> but uh, it's menacing Dorothy Spinner there. With yes. Big giant green Oh, yeah, monkey face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoes. Yes. They look almost like those inflatable shoes from Back to the Future 2. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Right on. Alrighty, so this is one by Morrison, Richard Case, John Nyberg, as always, and they give a special thanks to Brendan McCarthy for whatever, for whatever little reason. Uh, it opens up here on, well, Somewhereville. <laughs> We've got a lady, she's standing out on her balcony, looking out at the, uh, at the forest ahead of her, and then she's looking at her watch, and she's like, come on, come on, where are you, where are you, and then she looks out her window again, and she's like, Danny, Danny, you're back, and instead of the beautiful, uh, forest and lake, we get this fancy schmancy street, uh, laid out in front of her uh, balcony where before it was just uh, something completely it's, different. <laughs> I love the Army Navy with all the glittery stars. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very fancy street, yeah. And uh-huh. uh, it looks like maybe sewer grating smoke is kind of floating up in the air, forming letters, and it says, Hello, Sarah. And uh, that is presumably... Who is rushing down the stairs? She runs out, and at this point, we're still not really sure who Danny is, other than than uh, somebody she's happy to see. Presumably, he's somebody out in the street, but we will find out differently shortly. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she goes running out into the street. And she was like, "Oh, I was so worried about you. I've started the new book at last. I'll probably need some help. You must tell me everything that's happened since you were here last." everything mind you but first where have you been and she looks at this store window that says 
Yuri V. Shoddy and Son Hardware, established 1926, and then before her eyes, the letters kind of rearrange to form the words Berlin. It was divine. How are you, Sarah? <laughs> I'm fine, Danny. Now that you're back, everything's just fine. So Danny, Danny the Street, is the sentient teleporting street that takes off all over the world and does lots of adventures. That's right. Yes, his first appearance in the DCU. <sighs> yes, one of the uh, the sensational character finds of 1990. Totally. <laughs> totally. Completely unique and very Morrison. Yeah, I mean, who else would get the idea of, of like, turning a street into a, uh, an ongoing character? <laughs> Not only a street, but a street that can teleport anywhere it wants. Exactly. And a street that can teleport anywhere it wants and likes to dress up in women's clothing. That's right. <laughs> totally cool. All right, we'll get back to Danny. But for a moment, we are bouncing over to the Doom Patrol headquarters in the uh, Justice League cave there. Cliff is packing things up. He's like, I still don't get it. Why are we moving? And the chief says, I've grown tired of this place. It doesn't have the required, what's the word? The required ambiance. Cliff's like, all right, <laughs> all right, where are we going? I just got used to this place. And the chief isn't sure yet. He just wants to make sure everything's cataloged and ready to go when they do decide to move. He says the place has outlived its usefulness. The very fact that the brain of Monsieur Malat were, e- were able to uh, so easily breach our security proves that. <laughs> That's true. They did sort of just pick up a manhole covering <laughs> and voila, they were there. Totally. Although you would think the cave would be a better uh, headquarters than, like, the little brownstone in wherever they were before. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a little less, a little less obvious. <laughs> yes. Although the brownstone was built to withstand uh, penetration better. That's right. Totally. Well, I mean, the chief probably built that brownstone. Yeah, so he, uh, exactly. He could control everything, whereas here... He's just making do with whatever the Justice League put He's in. He's like, there's only two video cameras in this whole place. That's, <laughs> that's unacceptable. That's just not going to work. <laughs> all right. So Cliff is like, all right, so uh, when can I get this replacement body? I can't stand this old heap of junk. I'm going crazy in here. The chief is like, yeah, yeah, just leave it to me. He's looking at boxes and he's cataloging things. And he's not really uh, completely focused there. So we think. Leave it to me, says Cliff. I hate this body. I hate it. <laughs> the chief's He's a crusty like, monkey. Yeah, yeah. Did you say something, Cliff? Yeah, nothing. I haven't forgotten your predicament, Cliff. Don't ever think that. Careful with that, as uh, Cliff sets down a box. That's my virtual reality headset. What did uh, Juvenal say? I don't know, something Latin. Orandum... Est et sit mens sana in corpore sano. Those of you who have better Latin than I, I'm sure you can correct my pronunciation there. Mm. However, <laughs> the cliff's like, couldn't he have said that in English? And we zoom through the headquarters and we've got uh, Josh there and he's talking to Dorothy. Oh, wait, Dorothy, you want to try that again? And she's in some sort of like experimental room. <laughs> It's no the good. Danger Mr. room. That's right. Their danger room. I just can't. It's the like, doom room, I guess. That's right. The doom room. Ha ha, the doom room. That's right. He's like, just one more time. She's like, okay. And she's straining and straining and nothing happens. He's like, no luck. She's like, I told you I'm useless, Mr. Clay. I just can't get my power to work when I want it to. 
Yes, you can. Come on, Dorothy. You can do it. She's like, I can't. I've tried, and I've tried till I'm... And she's, like, struggling, and there's swirling going on behind her, and uh, <laughs> Josh looks totally bored. He's, like, pointing. Dorothy, uh, behind you. <laughs> she turns around, and there we get the creature, who is presumably also on the cover. Big claw, green hands. It almost looks like a ballpoint pen for a face. Very... Not a ballpoint, a uh, quill pen. Like a yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, quill, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Pen, as it were. Yes. She's like, Mr. Clay, what do we do now? I don't know what to do, Mr. Clay. He's, uh, uh, let's take it apart again, Dorothy, nice and slowly. Take it apart in your mind. And she does that. It kind of vanishes away, and he's like, there, you see how easy it is? Hmm. So I guess that's the monster that's on the cover. Perhaps. Very close to it, anyway. It's got the sort of pen head. Yeah, yeah. Big claws. Yes. All right, so we bounce back to Danny and Sarah, and she's wandering along the street, and she sees someone sitting on the uh, sidewalk there, all hunched over. And the dude's like, hey, missus, hello there, missus, lovely day. She's like, every day's a lovely day on Danny the street. Where did you come on board? He's like, Birmingham, missus, I was cold and I was sick, and then I stumbles across this little street tucked away behind the bullring, all lights and people singing. Oh, isn't it a lovely day, missus? Isn't it paradise? And there's, like, flower petals floating through the sky, and he's throwing his hat up in the air. Oh, yeah. It's a happy, happy day. And we take another little trip to another little street. It's like Little Suburbia. Mm-hmm. White picket fences. <laughs> white picket fences. Yeah, black and white tiled floor. Dude comes home. Hi, honey, I'm home. And we've got honey in her pink dress and her little apron tied on. And she's working away on her stew or something. He's like, honey. She's like, what? Oh, sorry, I forgot. And she presses a button that says laugh track. (laughs) And he's like, all right. He goes back out. Yeah, he goes back (laughs) out and comes back in. Hi, honey, I'm home. And the laugh track has its little laughter in the background. Boy, have I had a tough day at the office. Mwah. Hey, that smells good. What is it? She's like, why, it's your favorite. It's skinless stew. And the laugh track is still going. He's like, what? But honey, my boss and his wife are coming over for dinner tonight, and he's allergic to skinless stew. Oh, Darren, I completely forgot. Oh, no. I told you my promotion could depend on this. I've told you a million times, honey. Why don't you listen? And he's picked up like a big meat fork and... He starts stabbing her, all while the laugh track continues in the background. <laughs> Alrighty. Yes, so he leaves her uh, lying down on the ground as she's moaning and groaning. Oh, let me see. Are you still there? Have I lost Scott? No, I'm here. Sorry, I had to yell at my kids. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's okay. Kids, they're going to get the meat, meat fork. <laughs> uh, no. Alrighty, so the if wife is... I had uh, a fork. You had a, if you had a fork, for sure. So she's lying there, fork in her face. He's like, now I'm going to have to think of something. I'm going down to my den. And there's some growling and grumbling in the background while the laugh track continues. 
and uh, he walks by a silhouette of something. Oh, come on, you that's it's the dog. The dog tied up in the, the uh, wires and stuff. Oh, that's of course because he's like, ah, yes. <laughs> of course, he calls it Rover. <laughs> you, the dog says rough, and he says, "You bet it's rough, Rover." <laughs> <laughs> There's the laugh track. That's what it's for. All right, guys, I'm home. You in down there? And he walks downstairs, and we see four dudes in purple trench coats and. Little red pointy shoes and green striped tights. They're all... Uh, <laughs> they met all right. Totally. They've got like blue and black faces and little bug eyes and big Luckily, white gloves. Their eyes are little balls and they're hanging in front of their faces from Derek's. <laughs> oh, oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. They've kind of got cities growing on their shoulder or something. Very, very strange people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're all drinking... Something, something with a straw, and their arms are smoking. Mm-hmm. Well, that's right, totally, especially in Doom Patrol land. Mm-hmm. Well, hi, fellas. I'm Mr. Jones. I'm your leader. Welcome to the men from nowhere. Dun, dun, dun. Uh-huh. And of course, nowhere is an acronym totally spelled out. For what? We don't know yet, but that may come. I don't think they ever actually say <laughs> Alrighty, we zoom back to Doom Patrol headquarters and the whole team is having a little jibber-jabber. The group therapy session. That's right, they're all somewhere sitting on couches and comfy chairs and wheelchairs. Cliff is like, all I'm trying to say is I can't stand this. I want to be part of the world, you know what I'm saying? I want to smell flowers and splash water on my face and, and be a part of life. I don't know what I mean. And the chief is like, does anyone else have anything to add? Look, let's just forget it, says Cliff. Forget the whole thing. I hate mourning anyway. Nope, I hate moaning anyway. Although he may very well hate the mornings, too. You never know. And Mondays. And Mondays. (laughs) Everybody here has got problems of their own. And Rebus is just sitting back calmly. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) don't. I'm totally fine. fine. That's right. I'm male. I'm female. I'm black. I'm white. I'm doing good. That's right. Stop stopping. <laughs> That's right. And Crazy Jane says, but Cliff, well, I I mean, I mean, people don't like you any less just because you're made out of metal. He's like, what? And then another part of Crazy Jane says, ignore her, Cliff. Penny Farthing doesn't know what she's talking about. Life is hell. And then someone in her says, no, no, it's not. <laughs> I don't see how we can possibly help each other. Look at us. Have you ever seen so many complete rejects in one room together? How does anyone here know about life? And Rebus just says, Life is information. It can be understood quite easily, as bit strings with logical depths much greater than their lengths. <laughs> yes. Totally. That's one way of looking at it, says the chief. Yes, Dorothy, do you have something to add to the discussion? Me? Uh, right. Okay. Well, I mean, I just wanted to say, well... Can I go to the bathroom, please? (laughs) (laughs) And we bounce back to the men from nowhere. Laugh track continues. And, uh... What did he say his name was? Mr. Uh, Jones? Yeah. It's great to have you guys here. I mean, after the crown of thorns and what happened to the last batch, it was touch and go down there. I guess... the crown of thorns, sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's... 
didn't Willoughby Kipling intimate that he'd been involved in some sort of Crown of Thorns affair as well? Oh, I think so. I think you're right. I believe he did. Ooh. He was in, in conflict with these gentlemen here. Totally. Uh, totally. We never do find out anything more about the Crown of Thorns as far as I know. Ah, it's just, it's good One of those setup. backstory things That's right. in there. Totally. Uh, he says, I guess you must be pretty happy homunculi. <laughs> now, can anyone tell me what nowhere stands for? And this is where they start to uh, speak. The first little dude says, naked old widows hover earlier round Easter. Mm-hmm. And the next guy's like, now or when hospital earrings revive Ernest. Never open William's head. Evil reptiles emerge. Of course, the laugh it's, track. So they all speak in nicknames. <laughs> That's right. Everything they say has. Everything they say could stand for nowhere. Exactly. And he. That's exactly what he says. Exactly. Oh, honey, is my fruit juice ready yet? Yes, dear. And in she comes, her eyes all bandaged. <laughs> Please keep talking so that I can find you. <laughs> and she stumbles into the room, knocks over a book. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, she says. Honey, you're making a fool of yourself, and my boss could turn up at any moment. Here, put these on. And he gives her a pair of uh, googly eye glasses. <laughs> oh, that's much better, she says, as she holds out his drink. All right, fellas, as I was saying, I formed the men from nowhere to act as normalcy agents. Our job is to eradicate eccentricities, anomalies, and peculiarities wherever we find them. And, uh, we see words kind of scribbled out over, uh, the faces of the blue guys. Yeah. You find out later that, yeah, uh, why that is. Yeah. I do, I do believe. That's uh, all right. He says, our goal is a quirk-free world, a normal world, where decent people know what's around the corner and can plan effectively for the future. Now, our weapons hanker, eager, recognizing eccentricity. <laughs> That's right, and boy, oh boy, do I have a quirk for you. Its name is Danny the Street. He's got a big bug on the end of his fork. Yes. <laughs> He's having a lovely meal of bug. All right, so Danny is their target. All right, we wander back to Doom Patrol headquarters. Cliff is wandering through the hallways. He meets up with Rebus and Crazy Jane. Uh, they invite him in. Looks like uh, Crazy Jane is painting Rebus. Yeah. <laughs> She's painting symbols on him. And Rebus says, I've rediscovered the delights of vanity. And I'm... She's like, shh, don't move your head. This is a delicate job. Sorry. <laughs> What's going on, asks Cliff. I'm painting tattoo designs on Rebus's bandages. She, he, wants to look more interesting. No kidding. It's uh, very colorful. <laughs> She's like, I'll paint you if you like. Uh, no thanks. Really. I guess you're pretty interesting to look at anyway. Yeah, I guess. What's this? Especially since he's got his new jacket on. That's uh, right. That's... Yeah, ginormous shoulder pads, leather jacket. Nice. Big pair of leather pants. He's totally covering up the robot there. Mm-hmm. He's like, what I really is... like this look for Cliff. Yeah, it's, it's a very '90s look, mind you, but uh, yeah, he can, nonetheless, he can pull it off. 
He's looking at something that looks like a record player with a kaleidoscope or something attached to it. And he's like, what does it do? It's a dream machine. It was invented by Ian Somerville and Brian Gisson? Gisson? Oh, guess Gisson. Gisson. Oh, yeah. But I made that one myself. All you need is a turntable, a light bulb, and the cylinder. You just switch it on, close your eyes, and stare at the flickering light. It induces the most incredible hallucinations. Cliff is like, I can't close my eyes. Oh my god, I'm so bored. I wish something would happen. Oh my gosh, you gotta know, that's not How does that thing go? <laughs> that's right, you never do that in Doom Patrol land. Mm-hmm. Alright, so Mr. Jones has laid out a plan of attack there. What we're talking about here is a sentient street. A street that can think for itself. Not only that, but it can also travel. Uh, It infiltrates itself into other cities, and they just kind of shuffle a little to make way for it. It usually does it at night when no one's looking. Sometimes it's an alley in Peking. Sometimes a back street in Toronto. And as if all that isn't peculiar enough. The whole street is lined with good macho stores, okay? Except that Danny has them all dressed up in fairy lights and lace curtains. Gentlemen, this street is a shameless transvestite. (laughs) I know, you're sickened. I'm sickened. We can't let this, this abomination, threaten normalcy any longer. It travels, like I said, but there's a place it keeps coming back to. A place it comes to rest. That's where we'll find it. I mean, I'm as tolerant as the next guy, but what can I say, fellas? Destroy Danny the Street. (laughs) <laughs> and they are oh that's kind of cool they've all got their hands kind of crooked like they're holding guns but we don't see the guns except in their uh, shadows yeah. yeah yeah they're nowhere guns I guess totally I love I, I love this guy just because he's he's a great villain for Doom Patrol because he's obviously not normal at all oh totally but his whole thing it's, it's very uh, Republican I guess I don't totally. know <laughs> If that's quite the right <laughs> But it's, it's all about, you know, very do as I say, not as I do kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. Totally, totally. He, uh, he doesn't realize the hypocrisy of it at all. No. Everything that he wants is normal. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, I think, yes, this is Danny the Street. They're at the theater. It's called Peeping Tom's, Danny the Street's Perpetual Cabaret. Uh, that's right. You've been to the show before then, missus? Oh, I never miss it, Eddie. Danny's been coming here since I was a little girl. Here we are, then. Sit there if you like, missus. Enjoy the show. And she's like, thanks, I will. And it's filled with... we got people from all around the world, it looks like, sitting in the theaters there. And she finds a place to sit, and we get the uh, MC come up, and he's... <laughs> he's missing legs. He's just... Uh, from the head or from the waist up, he's a totally normal guy, just floating through the, <laughs> floating oh, across. Totally the stage. normal. Look at that jacket. That's awesome. It's well, like a disco ball. <laughs> it's like a disco ball made jacket. Sure, sure, sure. Ladies and gentlemen, may I extend to you a very, very warm welcome to the hottest night and day spot currently in the northern hemisphere, the Danny the Street Perpetual Cabaret. Sarah's like, oh, this is all so exciting. And the guy beside is just like, wow, <laughs> He will also become important. Yes. A big hand for the saucy songbirds. And out they come. They're singing away. High kicks and everything. 
and Sarah is thoroughly entertained, clapping away. The singer, the I guess the main singer sitting on the piano there is uh, Mr. Walter Trubshaw. Trubshaw presenting his tribute to the immortal Mr. Douglas Bing. And he is singing away mm-hmm. about one of the queens of England and Sarah just loves it. The MC continues. All right, now, ladies and gentlemen, we come to the part of the show you've all been waiting for. We have a first-class selection, all your favorites, and one or two novelties. And as usual, we'll be starting with our request spot. So if you'd like to signify your preference in the usual manner, and someone in the audience shouts out, the Isle of Capri. And we get other uh, things shouted out. Whiplash, Tutti Frutti, Roman Candles, Sarah yells for chocolate. And then someone comes running in. Stop! Stop the show! They've killed him! They've killed Eddie! I like to think that all the uh, suggestions are all just like euphemisms for strange sex acts. <laughs> chocolate sandwich. Awesome. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you, can, you, know, you know, a little bit of that action. A little bit of Tutti Frutti. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So this, uh, this person... That's a cabaret. Totally. That would be a cabaret. <laughs> the bastards have killed Eddie. He was just standing there and they killed him. Look! What's happening? What's... Look what they did to poor Eddie. And they open the door and Eddie kind of falls down and he's all smoking and there's blood seeping out from underneath him. Oh my God," said Sarah. "Who does? Who did this?" And we get the men from nowhere's attack squad. Now, old woman, hurry elsewhere. Rapid exit. Oh, that's very good. Mm-hmm. That's tricky to like work the uh, work the meaning into uh, nowhere there. That's the kind of thing that Grant Morrison loves to do. Anagrams, you know, working with anagrams. They can only say things that, you know, start with the letters from the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of his, all of his sort of adversaries and stuff, they all have weird verbal quirks. Yeah, totally. But if this is, yeah, this one's cool in that you can kind of, you kind of get the meaning totally. Yeah. Uh, all right, no obstruction will hamper eminently righteous endeavors. And Sarah's had enough. She's like, how dare you come here? This is private land. Get off my land. Do you hear me? Get off my... And they start pointing their nowhere guns. Now oblivion waits. Hideous evil requires elimination. And they start shooting. And they take out... The bag lady. The bag lady. Sarah, of course, dives out of the way. Danny, they're going to kill you. Get out of here, Danny. Get out now, Danny. And suddenly... Uh, we are on the street, and dude is like, the subway, are you kidding? I never go down there. Have you been on the subway recently? It's like a racer head. I mean, what about the token suckers? Have you heard about the token suckers? At least up here, you know, you can expect some kind of. And while they're having their discussion, there's like a little flash in the background between two buildings. It opens up and Daniel Street's there. That's right. He has appeared. Carnage ensues. That's right. Totally, and that is where we end. We see the nowhere men shooting things. The buildings are in smoke and flames, and people are flopped yeah, out it, all over it's the place. Dandy, that's for sure. Yes, that's not cool. 
Not cool at all. And that brings us to the end of the issue. Oh, yeah. Yes. Very cool. Very, very cool. This is one of those books that really showcases the things that Grant Morrison loves. You know, he loves he loves the strange villains yes. who have a, have a righteous purpose in their own minds. They have weird verbal quirks. You got a character who's a transvestite street, just <laughs> completely abstract, wild ideas, and that's what one of the things that he does the best. Yes. Uh, this is a good one. It's a good example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the cool thing is he's he also wraps it up in a story. Like there's a good Yeah, yeah, there's there's a good story. And actually, you know, honestly, if you wanted to start with this book, you could. Oh, you, yeah, you for sure. Pretty much everything you need to know about the Doom Patrol and about what's going on. Yeah, yeah, it's an excellent beginning chapter there because it's a fairly it good self-contained story arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you get everything you need to know about the about the Doom Patrol really. Like you get to know Cliff, yeah. you get to know Crazy Jane, you get to know Chief and Dorothy. Rebus is maybe, well, even then, you get the idea that he's a mysterious something or other, something yeah. or other, and that's really all you need to know. Yeah, you know, and he was doing these story arcs, and even within them, there's little hints of things to come, and little callbacks to things from before, like the crown of thorns. Uh, the creature that, uh, what's her face? Dorothy creates oh, yeah, in yeah. the doom room there. Yep. Is sort of a foreshadowing of what's to come as well. Yes. It looks like, well, that would be giving it away. I mean, obviously, this is sort of a spoilery kind of show, but it sort of harkens to what will turn out to be the actual men from nowhere. Uh It turns out these men from nowhere are perhaps not their imposters. Yeah, it's it's neat. It's 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 a great way to tell stories for sure. Like, keep it contained, but short little story arcs with with little subplot plots and threads that kind of carry you along. Yep. So when you get to the end of it, you look back and there's all this all little little details that connect the whole story together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the character story kind of the the character's bigger story kind of builds in the background while they. Well, the little adventure stories are what uh, push the issues forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's very cool. Yes. Very, very cool. All righty. Letters page. It doesn't look like much is going on in the letters page. Just lots of... Not the usual. Well, yes. Yes, yes. Actually, this one here, one from uh, Corey Clameau... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> it's a funny one because it's actually a letter that tells his story up until the point where he mails this letter to Doom Patrol headquarters, <laughs> to DC Comics. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's sort of, he's sort of uh, stealing a little bit of the self-referential uh, storytelling that Graham Morrison likes. Yeah. The meta story, as it were. Yeah. That's what was cool about the letters pages around this time, like... The, yeah, and inspired his readers to do some really wild things with their letters. Totally, yeah. Like the the, the characters in the letter column were just as uh, just Hell, as interesting. One of the letter writers became the next writer of Doom Patrol. Yeah, totally. On the strength of the letters, so. <laughs> it 
There you go. Well, we'll get to that eventually. Yes. That'll come down the line. Yes. Down, down the line. All righty. So they give us the next issue blurb. Yeah. The conclusion of the Men From Nowhere, Danny the Street storyline, complete with do-it-yourself hallucination device. <laughs> All right. Guest penciler Kelly Jones. Oh, I like Kelly Jones. Uh, yes. Giving uh, Richard time to prepare issue 37, where we go mature and begin our epic Rhea Jones storyline, because you asked for it. Oh, yeah. Someone did. I'm not sure who left. <laughs> Someone did. Totally. Totally, totally. All righty. What else was going on in the DCU? We have... Uh, oh, I never saw this... Uh, the Enemy Ace graphic novel there. Right, oh, that's good. It's a, Yeah, I've heard good things. I remember it coming out. I just never, ever picked it up. I don't know if I still have it or not. Hmm. I know I did at one point, but... Uh, it may not have survived the purges. <laughs> I know. Uh, let me see. Justice League Quarterly. Bill Murray and Gina Davis in Quick Change. Hey. All right. <laughs> Excellent. Catch it in the and video all store. All DC Comics titles are now mailed in protective poly bags with a backing board. Excellent. I took them up to 1990 to do that. That's amazing. Wow. Well, I guess 1990 is sort of the boom where, you know, collecting comics becomes a thing Yes. They're trying to save their comics and make sure that they're in great condition for future resale and all that jazz. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> totally. Totally. That's good. So all if you're right. going to go back in time and uh, get a subscription to DC Comics, you know that your comics will be protected. They will be protected carefully. They will not come all folded up and crunched up in the mail. Yeah. No, because the plastic will protect them. That's right. Well, and, and the polyboard. And the polyboard. That makes all the difference. Action board, I guess. <laughs> all righty. In the meantime, if you want to send us a little message, you do not need a polybag. You can send it to us through the cyberwebs. The interweaves. That's right. You can send it to us at doompodtroll at gmail.com, or you can head on over to our website, which is also doompodtroll.com. Mm-hmm. We make it nice and simple. Two places, no waiting. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Alrighty, we will catch you all next week. Okay, bye bye. <laughs>